you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Good morning, football is right. One of these four faces thinks the Seahawks should trade DK Metcalf? What? Is it newsman Will Selva? Is it Super Bowl winner Sean O'Hara? Is it Emmy winner Peter Schrager? Or is it myself? Let's find out, guys. Today is going to be a wild ride. It's good morning, football, with the lead block. Off we go. Lead block. On a Wednesday, all kinds of lead block. In the meantime, the Seahawks were one of several teams to hold mandatory minicamp yesterday. We're going to bring in the latest from those camps all around the league, all throughout the show. Quick feet, quick feet, slow feet, don't eat. However, sticking with Seattle, DK Metcalf was not present at minicamp yesterday. And according to our own Tom Pelliser, who always knows, the absence was not excused. The Seahawks did not say, sure, you cannot be here, DK. No. The team is still working towards a new deal with the fourth-year wideout as he recovers from foot surgery. So, guys, let's talk some Seahawks. Russell Wilson is gone. Bobby Wagner is gone. We're going to ask the nuclear question about the Seattle Seahawks. Should they consider trading DK Metcalf? Peter, make some TV. (laughs) So many teams would love to have DK Metcalf because he's a 24-year-old superstar and he's still just getting started. Now, here's how it works. Basically, Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, his agents reached out to the Niners and were like, look, he can't practice. We're we're not going to go to minicamp. Is that cool with you guys? John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan were like, yeah, it's fine. We're not going to make a big deal. We're not going to find him. Seattle, DK Metcalf is working on his foot. There was no such uh, agreement between the, the DK Metcalf side and the Seattle side. So he could be fined and this could get contentious. And you look at the, the what he brings to this team. He is their stud on offense. As much as this is a running team and as much as we love Lockett, I did a list of the top five wide receivers under the age of 25 earlier this week. And it made made a little news that I had DK Metcalf at four. And the news was, why isn't he higher? Like, DK Metcalf is a beast. I don't think Seattle should trade him. I don't think they should listen to trade offers. I think he might be their best offensive player. And I think you've got to figure out a way to make this thing right. You can't just keep on letting people out the building. You need to be competitive. You need to have these guys in the building. If he's a 32-year-old wide receiver and he's griping about his stuff, if he's a linebacker like Bobby Wagner who might be on the backside of his career, fine, fine, you want to start anew. He's 24 and the draft has already passed. So you're not getting a top 10 pick. You're not getting a top 20 pick until next year's class. You got to hang on to DK Metcalf and you got to figure this thing out. Yeah, Shregs, hang on to him at all costs right now. You already traded your best offensive player in Russell Wilson. How many more assets do you need to gather? I think Pete Carroll, he's got to put his foot down on this and just say, look, it's about communication. DK, what do you need? What's going on? I feel like you can basically plug in any year and there's a wide receiver that's unhappy about something. We've seen Debo Samuel show his frustrations. Obviously, he showed up at minicamp. May not be practicing, but at least he's there. I think when you look at DK and offensively what he brings to this offense in terms of identity. Look, he's the explosive player 
player that you talked about. You love that he's young. You lo- sure, he's got a, a little bit of a, a spark plug to him, and he, you know, sometimes he gets upset and gets angry. That's okay. I think you need that. I think certainly with a young quarterback, they're going to have to find a way to make sure that that relationship doesn't become toxic and it doesn't become something where he's distracting Drew Locke. But I think when you look at what Drew Locke does best and when you look at how they want to attack down the field, look, with Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, this is a very good tandem. This is a scary tandem if you're a secondary. You take DK Metcalf out of the equation, this offense doesn't have the same kind of teeth. So Find a way to get DK Metcalf in the building. We know he doesn't really eat food during the day, so give him a bag of candy, whatever it takes, and a cup of coffee, and get him to 8 o'clock, and then he'll be happy. You know, the thing I love about doing this this show is that I don't have to be a newsman for this portion of it, at the very least. Right. I would think that they should consider trading him. Get a draft pick while you can. Why not get a first-round pick? Right now, they are stockpiling the draft picks for the 2023 draft. They have five potential draft picks staring them in the face. Currently, they've got four. Two in the first, two in the second. Why not make it five? The QB class is going to be loaded. Get a franchise QB, some wide receivers. We've seen a bunch of these wideouts make an immediate impact. Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Jalen Waddell, just to name a few. And we've seen good teams know when to draw the line, guys. We saw that in Kansas City with Tyreek Hill. We saw that in Green Bay with Devontae Adams as well. The difference with those situations and the situation that we're talking about in Seattle is that they have their franchise quarterbacks in Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. I know they've got Drew Locke there. But it's clear, looking at what they did in this year's draft, they're looking to go run heavy here. They were drafting offensive linemen, running backs. They want to go back to the beast mode days. They're not going to contend this year. They aren't unless they get a true signal caller in there. No offense to Drew Locke, but nothing is happening with Baker Mayfield. And if you get to that point, then maybe Taylor Lockett is out the door as well. Tyler Lockett out there, a little bit older, a little bit more expensive. That's what I think. Go for those draft picks why not i can't believe they're going to the season with drew lock i'm not gonna even say no offense I, none of us can believe it sean you're sitting here saying well the things that drew lock does well i don't know what drew lock does well i'd have to pull up daniel jeremiah's draft notes from four years ago i don't know apparently the seattle does so they said no we're, we're good we're gonna go to battle and here's what we're gonna do we're gonna beat the rams and, and the niners and the cardinals and this is gonna be our team that it is if you're doing a thing, and I respect it, where you're like, let's build towards the future. Okay, then build towards the future. Pick up the phone. Make some calls about DK. You guys want DK? Because Peter, you said he's a superstar. Is he? He's very famous, and he's very cool, and he has a lot of muscles, and he has some pretty good numbers, but like, I define a superstar wide receiver as year after year, no matter who's playing quarterback, no matter who the coach is, that is our guy. That has given us a 1,000 yards every year. He is going to be running the route at 12 yards on 3rd and 11. He's going to be a guy on the sideline we can count on. The combustibility of DK Metcalf, I think, is fair to talk about. If you are losing your mind with Russell Wilson in a playoff game, what are you going to do with Drew Locke when you're 0-3 and you guys are running the ball and you don't have your numbers yet and you're trying to get your contract? I think that is really justifiable. And as far as the idea of you can't let someone out of the building that good, I don't know, the Titans did it with their wide receiver, and they got a whole bunch of draft picks, and they got a first-rounder, and they seem, yeah, you know, we love AJ. AJ's great. We're building another direction. We don't want to spend everything we have on a wide receiver who we still have some doubts about. So, look, 
I'm not saying right now trade him, get rid of him. I like DK. You make some calls, Peter, right? Yeah, and look, John Schneider, oh, the general manager, was interviewed by Thomas Dimitrov on his podcast, former Falcons GM, and he said he regrets nice. the Jamal Adams trade, doing all that for one player. What does that supply to DK? Now, look, there's three names that are being tossed around right now as guys who are entering this final year of their rookie contract or want to be paid. It's DK Metcalf, it's Debo Samuel, and it's Terry McLaurin. I, I think of those three, I know San Francisco doesn't want to trade Debo whatsoever, and I know that Washington looks at McLaurin not only as a as the number one wide receiver, but he wears the C on the jersey. DK Metcalf is an interesting one, Kyle, and to your point, without Russell Wilson, are we so sure he is a superstar? That said, you got to field the team, and this guy is a bona fide talent at a low cost, a second round pick. Get the most out of him this year, and then figure out if you want to give him the mega deal or not. I, I can't imagine them trading DK Metcalf after the draft. I hear you, Peter, but what I can't imagine you doing is spending your free time listening to the Thomas Dimitrov podcast, which I heard is great. Good okay. call, Peace Drakes. And we'll Will, flight home from LA. Of content, we're talking all this Seahawks stuff. Their old quarterback now is, of right. course, in Denver. Do they have any news going on? Yeah, actually, they do. The uh, Broncos and the Walton Penner family have actually entered into, Kyle, a purchase and sale agreement to acquire the team from the Pat Bowlen Trust. Now, the agreement is subject to approval from the NFL's finance committee and league ownership, as well as the satisfaction of customary closing procedures. Now, according to our very own James Palmer, the winning bid was a $4.65 billion bid. That's more than double the sale of the Panthers just four years ago. Now, Broncos president and CEO Joe Ellis issuing this statement in part, quote, I have enjoyed getting to know Rob Walton, Kerry Walton, Penner, and Greg Penner throughout this process, learning more about their background and vision for the Denver Broncos. I am confident that their leadership and support will help this team achieve great things on and off the field. And you talk about the Broncos being crown jewel. They go into an excellent situation. You know what? You love it. Whiteboard Wednesday it is a staple of this here program. If you want to follow along, tweet us your answers at GMFB. Okay, so Daniel Jones saying that Kadarius Tony is a special player who brings a special element. Lots of specialness there. That begs the question. The most special player in the NFL right now is who shrigs? All right, how do you define special? Is it like playmaking ability? Is it? I just say it's who's one of one. Who's like the only guy who could do what he's doing? And it's boring, but it's this guy. He's 44 years old. He's still playing quarterback <laughs> at a high level. Brady's one of one. He's the most special player, not only in the game today, but in the NFL's history. I, we take it for granted. We get tired of it. It becomes trite. We're like, can we start talking about some of the other quarterbacks? You start doing flips to talk about Jameis and 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 Sam Darnold and guys. It's right Tua. underneath our noses. It's Brady. He's the most unique one of one player in NFL history. Sorry, I hate to be so boring, but this is the answer. Come on, Peter uh, Shregs. You're not boring, but I, I'm gonna go. Is Tom's middle name Patrick? I'm gonna go with a different Patrick. Give me Mahomes. Look, look this is clearly a quarterback segment now here as we go back to back, but. <laughs> When I look at Patrick Mahomes, I feel like every single week he's inventing new throws. Look, we, we, a couple years ago we celebrated 100 years in the NFL, and yet Patrick Mahomes is still finding ways to wow fans with the no-look passes, with the, the different sidearm deliveries. I think when you go back and you look at the Buffalo Bills-Chiefs game, 
When you go back and you look at what he did with 13 seconds left to go, no, nobody thought they would be able to pull that victory out, and yet Mahomes pulled the rabbit out of the hat. That's special. And, and when you play Patrick Mahomes defensively, you know, like, look, we can draw up the perfect scheme, the perfect defense, the perfect blitz, and he still has an answer. Sean, the guy that you're talking about just took a big L to Joe Burrow, and I'm sitting yep. here reflecting now in June. It's been about five months since that happened. Did Joe Burrow really take the Bengals to the bleeping Super Bowl? And did he do it in his it second happened. year? And did he do it after a massive knee injury? Did that happen? I still feel like I'm going to wake up and be like, oh, no, the Bengals thing didn't work out and Burrow just didn't have it. No, it really did. And he did it with this bizarre, uh, magical, on and off the field aura where he was just so unflappable and so unshakable until Aaron Donald almost cracked him in half. But still, Joe Burrow, guys, I don't know if he's the best quarterback. I don't rank him in top three, top five. I don't care. I think he's special. That's an unbelievably special thing he just did. Uh, I have me as third right now in the boring rankings of answers, but wait till my answer to the second question. Go ahead, Will. <laughs> Yesterday, we had the great Tory Holt on, friend of the show. We yep. know with Isaac Bruce, he created one of the best wide receiver duos this league has ever seen. So, begs the question yeah. the best number two wide receiver in the NFL right now is whom, Shregs? Let's just say the Rams on, give me some sizzle. done with putting together new contracts for star players. Aaron Donald got his. Cooper Cup's next, and let's just say it might happen sooner rather than later, and I think his number two is going to be a, a sensation. Allen Robinson finally has yeah. a back in this league, and he's got a play caller there go. in Sean McVay and Liam Cohen that are going to be dialing this up. I can't wait for A-Rob. I'll tell you this. They were all talking at this wedding this weekend, and it was about all the players and how excited they were. The name that kept coming up was Allen Robinson and what he will do for this offense. Is Odell going to be there? The hope is yes. Is Van Jefferson going to be there? Yes. That's four wide receivers. Cup, again, if you're following your NFL news today, tomorrow, soon, he's going to get his. And then Allen Robinson is going to have the stats this year as well. He's my number two. I love this duo. And they go four deep. I can't wait for the Rams offense this season. Look, stop, stop saying this segment is boring. Look, we're, we're talking about n best number twos in the NFL, and Shregs leads off with, I'm going to drop an Easter egg. So listen, I'm going to carry out that same <laughs> theme right here. Ooh. Who does number two work for right here? Tyler Lockett. Listen, we just got done talking about their number one receiver, possibly for now, and DK Metcalf. Give me Tyler Lockett all day long. Every single week last season, the year before, the last three years, it seems like anytime Seattle needs a big play, who did Russell Wilson go to? It was Tyler Lockett. Look, now it's locked to lock it, as Seattle Seahawks fans hope to, to, to find out this season. But when you look at Tyler Lockett, there isn't anything he can't do. He can play outside. He can play in the slot. Look, he can, run, he can run deep. He's got the shallow crosses. I think when you look at the production that Tyler Lockett has, yeah, everybody would probably look at the Seattle and say DK's number one, Lockett's number two. He's actually got more catches and more yards in the last three years than DK. So, sure, DK's missed some time. But Tyler Lockett, look, you, I think he's the best number two in the NFL. You could very well argue he's a number one. So Peter went Allen Robinson, tried to give a little spice with some news. I respect it. Sean did your garden variety. Tyler Lockett is underrated and put in some nice wordplay and some bathroom humor. I'm going to really spice things up, guys. Chris Godwin. Yup, I really like him. The question was best number two wide receiver. It's Chris Godwin. I'll even spice this segment up by giving a player who's injured, and I don't care. He's the number two to Mike Evans. Sometimes he looks like the number one. I like his personalities. He tells funny stories about standing right next to Jameis when Jameis ate the W on the field before the game, and he said he knew they were going to lose. He's a Super Bowl champion. He's really good. 
And uh, I think he's not quite as good as Mike Evans, but uh, makes some really big plays. And this is how you answer the best number two uh, receiver question, Will. Chris Godwin. Yep. That has been Whiteboard Wednesday. Either way, coming up, uh, how will Aaron Rodgers fare with no Devonta Adams in Green Bay? Plus, is Debo Samuel the biggest X factor for the 49ers this season? We'll discuss that and more later on Good Morning Football. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Good morning, football. Let's go to Green Bay, Wisconsin. Packers open a minicamp. That man is there. Not last year. He's got that same soft chin strap buckled to the side, the same long hair. According to Tom Pelissero, Alan Lazard, his wide receiver, was absent, though, because he's looking for a long-term deal. How about that? I'm going to keep you updated on that story. But that guy was there. Two straight MVPs for a total. He told reporters he definitely wants to retire a Packer. And he opened up about the loss of Devontae Adams. And what does that mean for Green Bay this season? And how's the offense going to look? I love Devontae, so, you know, I was, I was obviously disappointed, but I'm not going to stand in his way, you know, as he pursues the next step in his career. I love him uh, like a brother, and I'm pr- I appreciate everything that we accomplished together. Uh, disappointed we couldn't finish together, but, but zero, absolutely zero animosity, nothing but love for him. But, yeah, the offense has to change. I mean, last year, you know, when you have a guy with, who's that talented, it's probably not an exaggeration to say that 80% of the, pe- the plays in the passing game uh, we're designed specifically for 17. So we're, we're obviously going to do some things a little differently. 80% of the passing plays were designed for 17. 17 is not catching passes from Derek Carr. So we still got Super Bowls to win, though, for the Packers, right? How are we going to go about doing business? We've talked about it for months. Then we just heard it from Rodgers. Things are going to be different. Can the offense be as good? Can they reform this thing? Can they still be humming up and down the field at an MVP level for the quarterback? Sean, what do you think? This is the rule of 80-20, right? I, I, I don't understand how we can seriously have this conversation when Aaron Rodgers just talked about the offense being focused on Devontae Adams. Look, I'm supposed to stand here and tell Packers fans that, yeah, sure, you guys are going to be fine. You're going to be just as good. No big deal. Plug in Christian Watson. There you go. You'll find a way to create that production. No, I I don't know. I mean, look, they were calling last season the last dance. So I'm going to use a Bulls reference here. If you took Jordan and Pippen, right? If you took Pippen out of the equation, would Jordan still have all those rings? I think he'd be in the finals, but I don't know. I mean, when you look at, at that relationship and their ability to score points, Pippen and Jordan I'm talking about, it reminds me a lot of Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers. When you look at the last five seasons, what they've done together in the red zone, 50 touchdowns in the red zone? Yeah, I mean... I don't know how you replace all of that, and that's really going to be the question. I think the Green Bay Packers as a team are going to be better, but offensively, I don't see them scoring as many points as they have with Devontae Adams until somebody else emerges as that next guy. All right, so for me, I think it is going to be hard to deal with the loss of Devontae Adams. Obviously, he is a singular talent. They are going to miss him in the red zone. 
But I'll say this, if you look at the Cardinals game that they played against them in week eight, in that game, you look at the numbers, they weren't pretty whatsoever, but they got the job done because they were spreading the ball around and they were running the ball. It also helps that they have a really good defense. In fact, it's a top 10 defense. They have studs all over that side of the ball. Two of them in the middle in the form of linebackers in Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith. Okay, those guys, nine plus sacks each. Now look at the defensive rankings here, the numbers, ninth in total yards per game allowed, 10th passing yards per game allowed. If you're an offense and you know you have this kind of defense, if they could be opportunistic, you know that they will keep you in games. And oh yeah, they've got a great cornerback in Jair Alexander as well. So they've got the guys on that side of the ball to make an impact, to help out this offense. And Peter, at this point in time, really hard to replace a guy like Devontae Adams and his production, but they are going to have to balance things out with getting other guys the ball, running the ball more, and yes, relying on that defense even more. Yeah, it is hard. He's the best wide receiver. It's either him or Cooper Cup in the league, and maybe Jamar Chase in that conversation, and we could debate that for three hours on another off-season show. But like, that's really hard to replace. They've won games without Devontae Adams, though, in the last three seasons. They're 7-0. Like, they found a way. It's not like they found a way once or twice. They found a way seven times. Rodgers is really good, and he's really resourceful. And I also think it's important to note that they're getting back one of their best players. David Bakhtiari might be the best left tackle in all of football. Take a look at what he did last year. He missed 17 games. He only played in one. They are also going to get two really, really talented first round picks on defense added to that unit that you were just talking about, Will. I think Wyatt and Walker are a fantastic duo. You look at what Joe Barry's defense did last year, you showed the numbers, Will. They carried the load in a lot of ways. In big moments, they're gonna have to do even more. But Walker and Wyatt are both gonna play a role in year one for them. And my last point is just like, you don't need Christian Watson or Romeo Dubs to be Devontae Adams. You don't. You've got to be able to be able to adjust and you got to be able to use that offense in a way that maybe we do rely on the run game and it is AJ Dillon and it's Aaron Jones and maybe it's a lot more Robert Tunyon. LaFleur is a really, really savvy head coach. Stefanovic is a first year offensive coordinator, but is a really, really smart offensive line guy. And I think Joe Barry is one of the best defensive coordinators in the league. You put that all together with arguably the most talented quarterback. They're going to find a way, and they'll win games. They might not score as many points. They might not have as many touchdowns from the number one wide receiver, but I think they're going to be just fine. I think they're going to be better than that. You know, there, I think there has been a, a naivete on behalf of a lot of fans and a lot of the media who are sitting here saying, well, Devontae is gone, so, you know, Aaron Rodgers is going to turn into some sort of uh, dink and dunker and, uh, you know, put up 20 points a game. This is the best quarterback in the league. And I appreciate a last dance reference. I love the Jordan Pippen stuff. The difference is, is that you say, well, can Jordan have gotten back to the finals if Pippen left? This Jordan, this Rodgers, won a ring before that Pippen showed up. He won MVPs before Devontae Adams was there. Let's stop pretending that Aaron Rodgers is some sort of creation of Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams was a, a tourist for a while in the Aaron Rodgers experience. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is not because of Devontae. Maybe Devontae's because of Aaron Rodgers. You, you think Devontae's just going to pick right up with Derek Carr this year? We'll find out. I'm even going to say, don't be surprised if, in fact, I hate the phrase, don't be surprised. 
I think Aaron Rodgers will be in the like MVP it. conversation this year. No, I'm doubling back. I think Aaron Rodgers will be in the MVP conversation this year. And you're, what are you talking about? You're crazy. I don't think so. I think he is that talented and that smart, and he will figure it out. And it'll be Aaron Jones, and it'll be Tanya, and it'll be these rookie guys, and it'll be Lazar. It'll be a ensemble cast as opposed to the leading man, number 17. I just think LaFleur is too capable, and Rodgers is too damn good. Back-to-back MVPs, and it's going to be looked at as a joke that I'm saying he's going to be even in the mix. Peter, break this down right now. If you think the media or the public at large were to rank their top five uh, likely MVP candidates the year, and you got your Mahomes and your Allen. Does Rodgers even have a spot on that list? Because he has a spot on mine. I think he actually, his, his, he's a two-time reigning MVP, and I think his value might yeah. be even greater this year without Devontae Adams. If they go out there and they go 13-4 and four or 14-3 and three and they're number one offense in the league, you better believe Rodgers is going to be hoisting that trophy again at NFL Honors. And I think the fact that he's there and the fact that he's present and he's not under a waterfall out in Hawaii with Miles Teller this offseason, I think it goes a long way. Peter, you're right. You know what he's doing? He's throwing passes to Romeo Dubs, and he's throwing passes to, to Lazard, and he's, he's going to work. They'll be ready. They're always ready. I'm not saying they're going to go 17-0 and he's going to be MVP. Just be careful doubting him. That's all I'm saying, everybody. Good morning, football on a Wednesday. Let's have ourselves a draft. Draft segments are undefeated. They're always fun. They're always exciting. But let's test that theory. This one could get dicey. Now, we've been doing drafts recently. Drafts as the four hosts go around and around, and we draft NFL players throughout history for the most exciting player, the fastest player, the most likable player, and then we come up with a team, and at the end, you guys can judge who has the best team. Guys, this one's interesting. We have decided today to have a little fun and draft the clutchest players in NFL history. That word, clutch, what exactly does it mean? It's a little hard to define in football, Basketball, you know what it is. Golf, baseball. In football, in this team sport, this could get a little vague, and it's up to the four of us to define it. So here's the deal. We will do three rounds. The draft will snake back and forth. You will have 20 seconds per pick. I went last in yesterday's draft, so I will go first today, okay? It's going to go myself, Peter, Sean, Will. We're drafting the clutchest players in NFL history. I am on the clock. Here we go. Clutch draft. Number one overall pick. This is a pretty big honor. Who is the clutchest player in NFL history? This one is easy. Joe Montana, the number one overall pick, four Super Bowls, four wins, zero interceptions in those four Super Bowls. Montana is off the board. Peter Strager, you have pick number two. Yeah, I would have taken Montana first overall as well, but second overall, I can't go wrong. It's a guy who grew up idolizing Joe Montana out there in the Bay and has only gone on to win the most Super Bowl rings as a quarterback and the most Super Bowl rings of a player ever. I'm taking Tom Brady second overall, and I feel just fine with that. Okay. Okay, we're going quarterbacks here, boys. Look, I love it. Montana never lost a Super Bowl. Tom Brady's got a lot of them. But he also he also lost a couple of them, right? Sean. Give me Eli Manning. Yes, you are, Undefeated Johnny. in Super Bowls. Took down Tom Brady. I'm going with Eli. Give me number 10. It's a great pick. I'm going to go John Elway. Who could forget what happened with mm. Drive and the Browns? So he is going to be my pick there. And so I'm going to wrap up that first round. Now, can we go to the second round? And so who I'm going to pick is one Jerry Rice. Just look at his numbers for what he did for the Raiders was ridiculous. So I'm going with Jerry Rice, too. All right. I'm going to go with a defensive player here. And this guy, all he's done is just lead the NFL in career sacks, 200 sacks. 
Give me Bruce Smith. I know he doesn't have a Super okay. Bowl ring with Buffalo Bills. He, he went 0 for 4, but that wasn't his okay. fault. Anybody that remembers Super Bowl 25, he tackled Jeff Hosseller in the end zone for a safety to put them up 12 to 3. Bruce Smith, give me him all day long, all night long. The left tackles did not want to see him no matter where he was lined up. All right, Peter, what do you got? Fifth clutchest player of all time, and you're taking a guy who's never won the chip. Interesting, Sean, but that's why we did the draft. <laughs> I'm going to go with Bark Starr. Bark Starr was 9-1 in the postseason over his career. He won two Super Bowls, the first two, and he won three NFL championships. The Lombardi Packers, Bark Starr, always a winner, always there. And if it wasn't for the Super Bowl starting in 67, he would have five rings. Bart Starr, my second overall pick. Peter, I like that pick a lot. We are ending the second round here. And I would encourage everyone to remember, it's not the best NFL players ever. It is specifically making big plays and big moments above and beyond the rest of your competition, which is why I'm not choosing offense here. I'm not choosing defense here. Give me Adam Vinatieri. I want Adam Vinatieri, yeah, undrafted, yeah. multiple Super Bowl rings, still kicking in Kurt Warner's nightmares as he watches us at home doing jazzercise in his home gym. Adam Vinatieri joins Joe Montana and my team, and now we start the third. Remember, you only have one pick left. Think clutch, and I'm going to stay close to home. My final pick for the clutch NFL players draft is someone who's not the most physically gifted, but man, if it is third and 10 in a big game, you need 11 yards, he will get it for you. Julian Edelman. I want Edelman. Nice. I have Edelman mm. and Vinatieri, okay, both nice. huge moments, correcting that castle for Tom Brady. That's my team, Montana, Vinatieri, Edelman. Peter, who's your final pick? Uh, I'm debating. There's a defensive player from those Patriots teams that just seem to always make a big play that happens to be a colleague of ours, and yet, I gotta go somewhat chalk here. I'm going Troy Aikman. Troy Aikman, three for three in Super Bowls, always found a way in the NFC Championship games to get his team over the hump. Eli did it, Aikman did it. I'm going Troy Aikman to round out my team. It's a good team, Peter. All right, let's stick with the Cowboys right there. You're going triplets here. I'm, I'm not gonna go Emmett Smith. I'm gonna go Michael Irvin. Give me the playmaker. When you, mm. you get a nickname like mm. the Playmaker, no doubt about it, they're going to you with the game on the line when they need something big to happen. I see your Jerry Rice, my man Will Silva, and I raise you a Michael Irvin. All right, for my pick, Mr. Irrelevant. Mile high salute, baby. Somebody who we have worked with, Terrell Davis. 12 touchdowns, 1140 yards on the ground. When it came to being clutch in the postseason, TD was it, Hall of Famer. He is who I'm riding with. All right, guys, that's the picks. We are all in. A lot of players not picked. Ben Roethlisberger to Santonio Holmes, the back of the end zone, not selected. Kyle, Vinatieri <laughs> and Edelman. I was going to take I was going to take Willie McGinnis also. It seems like there were so many Patriots because yeah. of all the dominance that they had. I got to tell you, I took Aikman, but if Edelman was on the board, I might have been going either Edelman or Gronk or Willie McGinnis as well. Will, what do you think of your team? Elway, Rice, and TD. I like those guys, what they did in the postseason, the numbers that they put up. I feel really good about my team. Uh, it's interesting that I thought that maybe Sean would go with John Elway, but no, we went with this guy, Eli. Yeah, I think Eli was the easiest choice out of my three selections. I, too, liked Vinatieri, KB, so I was tempted to go with him. And I like Willie Mack had four and a half sacks in one playoff game. So I wanted to go with my Irish twin, Willie yeah. McGinnis. But Bruce Smith, when you look at what he did, 13 
seasons of 10 plus sacks. So I wasn't just going for just the Super Bowl aspect of it. Like, I mean, he was clutch year in and year out. You know what's funny is that when you really embrace the word and the concept of clutch, I'm not kidding, guys. I was thinking of taking Vinatieri with the first overall pick. I mean, you take him in that no game. Sure. No, in the AFC title. I was thinking of going number one, and I was just thrilled that he fell to me with the, sec- the second round last pick. So here's what's fascinating. We're going to take this right now. We're going to put it on Instagram. We're going to put it on Twitter. And we'll see what the people think because some of these teams, like Sean has all these uh, famous players and Hall of Famers and and so does Will and and Peter went all quarterbacks for the second draft in a row. It's going to be interesting to see what the people gravitate to. If they embrace the Vinatieri or they say, this is crazy, he's got Jerry Rice, you lose. We will put it out now. All of you watching, go and vote. As always, Rough Draft gives you the sweaty palms and the hot reactions from the viewers. Guys, that was really fun as always. Well-drafted, gentlemen. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Good morning, football! Niners did begin their mandatory mini camp yesterday. All right, so here's the deal. Debo, he's actually there. He requested a trade earlier this offseason. He skipped OTAs, but there he is. Kind of slow walking out in the field. Looks good, but not in uniform. Okay, not in uniform, guys. And of course, everyone at minicamp, to a man, was asked about their guy, Debo Samuel. Here we go. I know we go through the business part of this league and things like that, but I mean, I don't think the relationship was ever too far away to not get it back to normal. Love our relationship with Debo and Hopefully that'll help us be able to solve this contractually um, before we get to the season. Debo's a guy we love to have in the locker room, man. It's, it's good to have him, Trent, Bosa, um, those guys back. But I talk to Debo a ton, I mean, even when he's not here. So it's obviously good to have him back. He's grabbing the, grabbing the situation by the horns now and, you know, showing how mature he is by showing up. And, you know, I think that goes a long way. Guys, I think we all agree. There's about eight or nine teams that seem to really matter. And then there's some surprise teams. The Niners are one of those teams that really matter. They're in the mix. They have great coaches. They have great players. So let's take this wherever you want to go. Obviously, Trey Lance is going to loom large in what he does. But what is the biggest factor you think it's going to determine whether it's a pretty good Niners season or a really special one? Will, you're Mr. Bay Area. What do you think about your Niners? I think it's definitely Debo. But just because he's there, guys, doesn't mean this thing is fixed or that it's resolved. For me, the concern is the relationship. They need to repair this thing. It's like marriage counseling or something. Something. You need to have the mm-hmm. box of Kleenex there, hug it out, air out your issues. Where I get concerned is if Debo's going to be finicky if they call a certain number of running plays. How's he going to take that? I think the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan maybe need to put more of the burden on some of the other running backs so it's not all on Debo. The other thing is maybe they need to watch the YouTube video during the Cowboys win in the playoffs when Debo turned and looked to Kyle Shannon and said, hey Kyle, let's go. Hey, I told you, let's go, right after they scored. Happier times, harmonious times. They need to get back to that. And when it was crunch time, when it was time, when the game was critical, 
they gave it to number 19, not to George Kittle or any other of the 49er players. It was him. And let's also not forget that Debo is a really good wide receiver, guys. He led the league 18 yards per catch. And we just heard from Trey Lance, he's going to be the main man under center. So they have to get Debo in there and on the same page. It is critical for them, Shawnee. Yeah, well, Debo's the most explosive factor, but we just showed you Trent Williams and the massive planet of a man. So I'm going to stick with that theme of the offensive Huge. line. We know who's playing left tackle. Fine, it's Trent. But what we're not sure about is what's going on at the center position. Look, for the 49ers, their offensive line has basically been disassembled this offseason on the interior. Lake Tomlinson signed as a free agent with the Jets. Alex Mack just retired. You know what the best friend of a young quarterback is? A veteran center, somebody that can help him out with the mic declaration, with sliding protections, with understanding what defenses are going to try to do. Look, from firsthand experience, I experienced a, a, a rookie quarterback with Eli Manning. I experienced young quarterbacks before. The one thing that defensive coordinators love to do is blitz you. They're, they're going to find out, does this guy see the defense? Can he anticipate? Can he change protections? Can he protect himself? So I think that's the X factor with this offense. And Kyle Shanahan wants to run the football. He wants to be that outside zone, play action pass the game. Are they going to be able to handle the interior? Who's going to step in and fill that void of, with, that, with Alex Mack? Look, Bart Oates is, is long retired, Will Silva, as I know you know. No Harris Barton. There's no Jesse Sapolu. They're going to have to find a young buck to step up and fill nice. those shoes. Yeah, and no Alex Randy Cross. And, and you start looking at that offensive line. Yeah, it's it's going to be an issue, and they got to protect him. But it, it's got to be Lance, and I'm sure Kyle will agree. But I'm going to take it a spin, and like it's the development of Lance. So Garoppolo's not there right now, and I think it's a good thing for Trey Lance. I think it's a good thing. Garoppolo's down there training in Southern California, trying to get his shoulder right. But that means that it's Trey Lance's team, at least to get his beak wet as being the leader. And from everything we're hearing from these players, He's been awesome this offseason, and he's been leading sessions, and he's been the guy. I think it was a major loss losing guys like Mike McDaniel and Wes Welker and Rick Scaldero. You start talking about who they have. Kyle Shanahan's the head coach. The person in his ear is going to be Brian Greasy this season. Brian Greasy, after ESPN broke the bank to bring in Troy Aikman as their analyst, Brian Greasy quickly at the combine pivoted and took a job as the 49ers quarterbacks coach. And at first I roll my eyes and I say, well, that seems like it's outside the box. I've heard from multiple, multiple different people in the NFL that Greasy is expected to be awesome at this, that from guys who played with him and guys who have coached him, that this is going to be a slam dunk. So I look at that unlikely marriage of Brian Greasy, Bob Greasy's son, of course, with the NFL career and the Monday Night Football career, and Trey Lance, as like developing together for a team that went to the NFC Championship game last year. Fascinating dynamic, Greasy and Lance. Let's go. That's what the 49ers do. John Lynch was outside the box, Peter. You know that. And Mike McDaniel was outside the box. Like, yeah. Trey Lance is outside the box, way outside. And that, like, let's, we can all boil it down to this. Let's say the 49ers come out and they got Debo there. And he shows up for week one. And they fix the O-line. And everybody seems to be liking Brian Greasy. So all these things we just mentioned are going well. It's first and 10 from the 25. Does Trey Lance have it? I don't know. I don't know if anybody knows. I don't know if Shanahan knows yet. I know they invested in him and they like the future, but where I always come out on these young guys is just, I know it's not going to be pretty right off the bat. It, it rarely is. I don't need MVP numbers. I don't need the Mahomes experience or even the Burrow. But do you have it? What is it? You can tell that maybe the numbers aren't great or maybe there's a couple interceptions, but damn it, that guy can play. I always look to Josh Allen. Josh Allen, his first couple of years was a little nuts. 
and it wasn't pretty, and it wasn't super productive as a rookie, but he definitely had it. He had it. Russell Wilson, when he took the field for the first time in Seattle, had it. You could just watch me like, well, that guy can play. Does Trey Lance have that? We don't know. And I think what's interesting is that this question of does he have it, we pose directly to one of the few people who might know. Christian Watson, rookie wide receiver for now for the Green Bay Packers, who is in mandatory minicamp with Rodgers, was Trey Lance's college receiver. The two of those guys played together in North Coast State. Christian Watson came in studio into New York City to Good Morning Football in the midst of talking about his career and his draft prospects. Peter hit him right between the eyes. Have a look. Trey's always been my guy, even in college. I mean, you could see that, that you know, he was a different breed. He was a guy that was going to come in earlier than everybody else uh, and leave later than everybody else, and he's, he's going to work um, at all times. That was contagious from him. I mean, he got, you know, everybody around him to do those same things. I mean, I think that's something that's going to carry on to the next level, and I'm sure it has already, and I'm sure, you know, as, as he gets more opportunity to showcase who he is and play a little bit more, he's going he's gonna to show the world exactly why he's in the position that he's in right now. Is he good? He is great. Is he ready? He is, he's been ready. Those are great answers. Mm-hmm. Those are great answers. And it makes me confident in how Watson's going to do with the Packers. That's a different story. He's not good, he said. He's great. He's been ready. You better be. That NFC West is no joke. You're going to play the Super Bowl champs. You're going to, Trey Lance is going to be under center, and there's going to be Aaron Donald sitting right there ready to bite his head off. Sleepy little start on the schedule for the Niners, but then week four, Monday night football at home versus the world champion Los Angeles Rams. That will be big time go time for Trey Lance. Great job, guys. Great discussion. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.